0: Welcome back to another episode
1: of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, Jenny Bellinger, your direct sales Dom, helping you whip your business into shape. And today I have with me Mimi McLean. She is a serial entrepreneur, business school grad, a CPA. Angel investor and host of the Badass CEO podcast. She started the Badass CEO podcast to share everything she learned from investing in successful companies and from working with incredible female founders. Through their courses, blog, and podcast, You can learn excellent business strategies, how to persevere through struggles, and what it takes to start and run a company straight from women who have disrupted industries and turned opportunities into wins. So welcome to the show, Mimi. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. Now, this is really fun because not only are you a badass CEO and a CPA and an angel investor, you're also in the world of direct sales along with the rest of us. That is so great to hear. So tell us what company you're with and how did
2: you get into that business? Sure, I'm with Beauty Counter Mm -hmm. and I kind of, came into it, I never thought I would do it, to be honest with you, into direct sales. I actually invested in beauty counter in the friends and family rounds like nine years ago before we even launched. I was friends with Greg and she had, you know, we were talking one day and she was like, you know, you're the only other person I know that like buys their makeup at Whole Foods and that's super into like healthy eating and products. And so she was, you know, telling me about this idea that she wanted to start this company And so we, my husband and I invested in it. And then fast forward like a year, 18 months later, when she launched, I said to my husband, you know, I'm going to join as a consultant. And he's like, you are? And then he's like, you don't even really wear makeup. Like, why would you do that? And I was like, you know, I'm going to do it because I won. We invested in the company. So it's just a great way to learn about it. And two, I believe in the product and the mission. And three, I also, for me, I kind of was like, I, it's a great way to learn retail because I had done retail before. I, you know, worked for a couple of companies in the, you know, as a buyer. And and so I was like, I never really have done direct sales before. And because I went to business school for entrepreneurship, it just was for me, like a light bulb kind of went off where I was like, wait, this is like being an entrepreneur you know, running your own company without having the risk, you know, having started a couple of companies before, you know, going into direct sales, I realized how expensive companies were, how high risk they were, how much time you put in and you don't get paid for years on end. Cause you're always putting your money back into the business. And that's even if it's successful. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I was kind of like, wait, why don't not more women do this? Because pretty quickly without that much of an investment, you're like the CEO of your own company in a sense and you make money right away and you don't have to deal with the problems of like, you know, sourcing and the marketing and like you're just kind of do all the fun stuff and the selling and you don't have to worry about like something's out of stock or and so I was like, this is just like being an entrepreneur, but without the risk. So that's kind of why I dove into it. And I, you know, it's been a great ride. It's been what, eight years. And I, you know, I'm a managing director and I have a pretty large team around the country. Um, and I just love how it, the flexibility that it lets you be able to kind of ebb and flow with the business and what's going on in your life. You know, I've been dealing with Lyme disease for the past six years, and it's kind Mm. of taken a toll on me. So I have not been as involved with the company as I would have liked to have been, which is great because that's what you have a team for because then other people kind of pick up the slack and, and that's kind of what's nice working with other women. So that kind of understands like the, you know, the balance of family and, and working. So
1: I love that. So what's really fun is that you and I now get to talk about, because I, I, you know, I often say here on the podcast, business is business is business. I don't care what your business model is, whether it's direct sales or a quote unquote traditional model, right? So what I'd love to hear from you from your perspective is what are the similarities that you find between direct sales and more traditional businesses, because you've also started other businesses, what are some of the similarities in there that have helped you become successful in your direct sales business?
2: That's a great question. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, because you have to have a passion, right? You have to have passion for what you are selling, quote, unquote, I say it's selling, and it's not really selling, because, if you have passion for it, you're sharing it and you're educating people. So you have to have that passion for the product. And if you don't have that, then you're not selling the right thing because people can see through you selling, you know, like and pushing product. So if you're not using it and really believing in it, then you, you pick picked like you got to change course. So the same thing with like if you started a business, you have to believe like you have to believe in it. You have to be passionate about it. Because, like, if you either started a business or you're in direct sales, like there's gonna be a lot lot of like bad days, Mm -hmm. right? And there's got to be a lot of like problems and there's a lot of no's. And so you have to be willing to kind of like kind of dust yourself off and get back up and get back on that horse and be willing to keep going. And and sales, like even though I had been in sales kind of loosely because of retail, I had not ever really been in like direct sales where I'm actually selling to people. So that's when you realize like there are problems. There are gonna be things that go wrong. Like there are gonna be things that are out of stock or things get delivered wrong. Like either if you have your own company or that. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of your outlook on how you, like you're approaching it. Like I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, it's a mindset thing, right? Yeah. Cause like- everybody I talk to, like on my podcast, like that are CEOs, I'm like, you know, what, why do you think you're successful? And they're like, it's a mindset. It's a resilience thing. And it's being able to kind of see through like your immediate, like hurdles and know that like, okay, this is where I want to be. And I don't care what it's going to take me to get there. So like with direct sales, it's like, okay, I know I want to reach the top of the like whatever it's called, like in my company, it's called managing director. Like, I know I want to reach that, or I want to reach a trip or I want to reach whatever incentive they have. Right. So it's amount of putting your mind to it and saying, I'm going to do it no matter what. So if it's the 30th of the month and you have a day left, like you're staying up, you're, 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 putting yourself out there to get to that level. So it's the same idea of like, a, you know, being, having your own company where you're like, I need to reach these numbers at the end of the month. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you that that you've got to have a passion for everything, because if you don't have a passion for the product and the not necessarily for the product, because not many people are truly passionate about oils themselves here, you know, or whatever your product may be right, whether it's oils, makeup, whatever, like you said, makeup wasn't necessarily your thing, but you love the idea of a clean, organic type makeup. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think for other people where the passion comes into play is what are the benefits that people are getting from your product, right. Or your service, depending on what your business model is. So as you've been going through and building this beauty counter business, what have you found to be maybe a struggle or something that was tricky for you at first
2: that you've overcome? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I never thought first of all, it would be so hard, right? Like you expect like your friends to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to support you and like buy as much as like you want them to. Or, you know, you just post something and then like they come, they come running to buy the product. Like it's so much harder than you think it is. So getting that mindset around it. And like, I think what I've established too is it's all numbers. So getting the personal connection out of it, meaning like, don't take it personally when you get a rejection, because it's hard, the rejection, especially right off the bat when you're not used to it. And especially when you have expectations from people. So realizing that like, okay, it's number, it's purely numbers game. Like if you want one new consultant this month, you need to ask 10 people. If you want X sales, you need to like, you want one person showing up at your, you know, trunk show or your pop-up you need to, it's like a 10 to one ratio, no matter what. And every 10 consultant you signed up, maybe one's going to work you know, and then the rest just fall off. And then you're like, wait, why did you sign up? Like, why did you even pay the money to sign up if you're not even doing anything? So getting your head around that, like, like, why aren't people like me? You know, like, why aren't people like go-getters and not making excuses and just like being consistent? That was a hard thing to realize. Like, I don't understand why all these people signed up and they're not doing anything or they're not like, just even trying or being consistent. So, but it's numbers. And I think if you can convince people that like it's numbers, don't be upset when you send out a hundred emails and only 10 people respond to you, like warning people that that's what the case is, or you invite people to an event or to a, you know, online thing, it's 10 to one, maybe you're lucky to get 20 to 80, but, um, but it's, it's not, um, It's not as easy as you think. So that was kind of getting around and just knowing it's a, it's a numbers game. If you read any of these books about marketing, it's, it's all a numbers game. It's what it comes down to. So take the personal connection out of it. The other thing I would say about that too, is like, for me now I've realized like, I'd rather ask acquaintances than good friends. Because there's no expectation. So ask people that you have no expectations from because then you're pleasantly surprised. It's the worst when you ask people that you're expecting them to sign on, say yes, help you buy something. And then they don't. And you're like, wait, you're my good friend. Like I did this for you you know, or I did that for you or or I come to you every month to get my haircut and you're not even going to try a lipstick. Like what? Like, why would I keep supporting you if you're not going to support me? So it's kind of like, you have to be in a position to kind of mentally get your head around that. And if you're willing to kind of blow up that relationship, then ask them. But if you're not, then don't ask them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing too, I think, cause one of the things that I used to train my team on and I train my clients on now is when you're going to do, let's say a booking blitz for pop-ups, boutiques, parties, whatever you want to call it, or if you're going to do a bunch of calls for, you know, offering the opportunity to people. One of the things I do is I tell them when you make the list of people, then take that master list and break it into the people who you are certain are going to say, no, the people who you th- think maybe they're like 50 50 or 60 40 one direction or the other but they're not 100% yes they're not 100% no anybody in the middle goes in the second list and then the third list are the people who you are sure are going to say yes and and then I tell them start with the no list Mm -hmm. start with the people that you are sure are going to say no because here's the thing if they say no guess what they just met your expectation Yeah, exactly. I was right. Celebrate the fact that you were right. Then anybody who was on your no list who says, well, you know what? I think I'd like some more information. Then you get this little dopamine hit. Yeah, you're happy. Oh my gosh. They said, well, they didn't say yes, but they said, maybe they want to learn more. They're willing to go to the three-way call with my upline or what, however it is that, you know, each company handles it, right? So that start with your no's, go to the maybes and then finish with the yeses. Because because if you do it the other way around, if you start with the people who you are sure are gonna say yes, guess what's gonna happen? Yeah, you get bummed out and you stop. Someone is probably going to say no. And then you're like, oh, I thought they were yeah. a yes for sure, right? But if you're yeah. already in celebratory mode that, hey, you already got three yeses from your no list and three yeses from your maybe list and you know, an, one no on from your yes list, You'll get over it. You're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a cool. good approach. That's a good approach. I've already got six yeses. I'm good. This is awesome. You know, so
2: and I've, like that's I love that book. Getting have you read Getting to Know? I haven't read it, but I've that's heard It's one of I've my heard heard of of favorite it. books. It's one of my favorite, and that's kind of what the uh, the idea is. Like getting to know. Like you actually are not counting like yeses. You're counting your nose.
1: Yeah, Jack Hanfield actually recommends that people read that book. It's, it's a, one of the, my favorite ones. Oh, okay. I'm adding it to my list now. If you yeah. and Jack Canfield are talking about it, I think I should probably. Yeah,
2: it's just, your, it's just what you're just talking about. It's changing your mindset. Like you're not finished. Like if you say in your mind, like I need to get two sales this month. And so as soon as you get two sales, you stop, oh, right? Oh, yeah, so yeah. you're like, no, no, no. I want to get a hundred no's. So then you keep going until you get the no's, not the yeses. Because right. then it's like, if you do happen to get the yeses or right off the bat, you don't stop.
1: That's brilliant. I love that. That's super cool. I hadn't heard that piece of it. I had heard people, I had heard about the hundred no's, but I hadn't heard the reasoning why. And that makes perfect sense because I think that's very true with some of my clients I've seen, you know, over the years is that they hit their goal for the month, whatever their income goal might be. Let's say they hit it by the 25th of the month. You still have somewhere between five and seven days to continue working. And a lot of people will stop. They'll be like, hit my goal. Yeah, I'm cool. done.
2: Yeah. Done. Exactly. And like
1: what are you doing? <laughs>
2: yeah, keep going. Just, keep going. Don't like make expectations. 6
1: days. Yeah. What are you
2: doing? Do you know how much can happen in 6
1: days? That's yeah. oh my god, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. So, you know, and I learned that again kind of the hard way in working with even some of my team members early on, because I would say, you know, guys work to hit your quota by the 15th of the month. Don't be struggling on the 30th. That's stupid, because everybody's going for it on the 30th or 31st of the month. Very few people are struggling to hit their goal by the 15th. So let's work to hit our goal by the 15th of every month, right? So that way, everything that happens after that is gravy, right? Mm-hmm. So you still book parties after the 15th, whatever, but you try and hit your goal by the 15th, hit it by mid month. So that way, if you hit it by the 20th or the 25th, you don't have that pressure of last day of the month anymore.
2: Exactly. You've already hit it. Exactly,
1: it's oh, I love that. I love that. So now as you've been working your beauty control business, you've also been working with your podcast and some of your other businesses. How are you balancing
2: all of these, you know, juggling all of these different balls? It's definitely hard. I definitely have taken a back seat to my, like I'm not growing as I say in, in in direct sales. It's like, you're either growing or you're kind of like, it's very hard to like stay neutral. So definitely my priorities have been more towards my personal life and getting better. And then also my podcast. So, but I still, you know, a good thing about direct sales, like you still, you know, are, you know, you can grow your own business, but you have a support system and like a team, you know, you have a system that you put in when people sign on. Like you're, it's not all falls on you. If you're, if it's doing it, correctly. So, you know, I do have uplines. And so, you know, so I I do all of it, but it's, it's hard, right? It's like, I wish I was doing, I wish there was like three of me that I could be doing more like full-time of all of them. Cause then also like my kids are like, wait, another podcast mom, or, you know, you have to do another, this or that, or another, you know, you're getting on another call with another person from your beauty hunter team. And so it's like, you know, that definitely has taken, you know, a toll with the kids, especially cause my kids haven't been in school since last March. So Mm. we're all home. And so they're just around more. So I just don't have as much time like by myself. So it's just balancing it all. It's just trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, so I hope you feel free. Are you okay with me throwing on my coach's hat and giving you some suggestions around that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've also been working with along with pretty much the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Cause our kids had no idea what we were doing when they were gone at school. And now all of a sudden they're home and they see what we're doing and they're saying, Hey, you're doing that again. And so the conversation I've had with my own kids, for example, is to say, hey, guys, you guys used to be gone from eight to three thirty. You had no idea what mommy was doing all day long. Yes, I was on Zoom calls. And yes, I was going and having lunches with people and, you know, business meetings and stuff all throughout the day while you were gone. And so when I got home, you know, at three fifteen before you guys got home at 3:30 you, of course you thought I was always home.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just sitting around waiting for you to come home. Right. <laughs>
1: exactly. So really what I've done is I've done my best to structure my day in such a way that I'm done with my day by three 30. Cause even though my kids are done with remote learning a little bit earlier than that, I'm still structuring my day and saying, look, I'm going to work eight to three 30, just like I used to, when you guys were gone at school. So at three yep. 30, we can hang out again. So you know, I've set that number one, set the expectation with them for what they're wanting, which yep. is time with mom. So I'm like, if you guys can wait till 3.30 and you get all your homework done and you have everything taken care of, because my kids are done by like one o'clock in the afternoon here. Yeah, so I'm like, you've yeah, yeah, you've got two and a half hours now to finish all your assignments. And then we can play, we can go do things in the afternoon, but you have to be done with your stuff first. If you're not done with it, we're not going to play. And so right. they have that incentive to say, hmm, I think I'm going to get that last assignment done. <laughs> (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. So it's definitely that I'm doing the same thing. I'm on the east coast, even though the kids' schools are in on the like in in, you know on the west coast, so they don't really start till 11, but Mm. they go to six. So I just have had to push my whole kind of everything back, yeah.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So your kids are remote learning on a west coast school,
2: (laughs) yeah, because that's where we live. We live in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. okay.
1: Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. So, you know, that's just helped to explain the expectation, you know, help set yeah. the expectation for the exactly. kids, I think is really important. And and most people don't even consider that because it's like, you've got to think of it from your kid's perspective, right? What did they used to see? Right. So exactly. it's, a, it's a whole other thing. So so before we get going, so your podcast is called Badass CEO Podcast. Who are some of the people that you have interviewed on your podcast? Sure. I actually
2: have two podcasts. I don't even know if you knew that. I also no. have a lot. Ly- a Ly- it's called Lime 360. It's called Heal for my Lyme community that I started where I interviewed doctors and, and practitioners about Lyme and all the different things with that. So that's that one. But I know we connected oh, wow. because of the badass CEO. So I have had everyone from Giada De Laurentiis, you know, to Molly Sims to, you know, just you know, other just various companies that you may or may not have heard of have different CEOs. So,
1: oh, that's awesome.
2: Who, yeah. who would you say was
1: probably your favorite to interview?
2: Oh, geez. Well, you know, Molly, obviously, cause she's one of my closest friends, but so that was fun doing that with her, but just, you know, hearing, I love Jesse Draper too. She was great cause she's a venture capitalist for women. So just talking about like women mm-hmm. and the different companies that she's invested in, that was really neat. And who else? I mean, they've all been really kind of interesting for their own perspective. Like it just, you come away and they're like, these women are just so normal and down to earth, but yet they have like these kick-ass businesses and they just make it look so easy and then that's what I try to say to them like you guys always make it look so easy that I think people get off and they're like wait there, like there is nothing like so now I ask a question I'm like what have you given up because like sometimes they don't like they don't like they make it look so easy like no one's like realizes like you know like like behind like you kind of have to put on like a straight face like the Oz you know like the Wizard of Oz because you don't want to like show your hands completely because you know you might have like people who are listening and you want to put on a, like, you want to fake it till you make it. So like they put on a good show if they even not like, if they're not having struggles. Right. Cause like, you right. Know, and that's what they were saying. They're like, yeah, you might not know that I'm like struggling to pay next month's, you know, bill like credit card, but yet I have really good sales and everything looks apart, and I've done everything, but it's just a lot of like pieces and putting things together. So it's yeah. been really interesting. I mean, I've done, you know, Different personal care products, all the way to business coaches. To yesterday, I interviewed a CEO who does plant based shrimp, like all fish products that are plant based. So I've done it all, yeah, from everything from another woman who started, you know, a um, bee product company, a bee pollen company, which was really interesting, like out of her house, out of need of because of her autoimmune illness that helped her solve like, so a lot of these women do things out of need, you know, like, they see a need in the market to fit something in their life, and, you know, then have created it and kind of just made it from there. So it's been really kind of just inspiring to see these women and how they've grown their companies. Oh,
1: that is super cool. Well, I, and I wanted you to promote that because I want people to, my listeners to understand that you guys are the CEO of your own business. So going and listening to other CEOs and how they do it and to understand that, yes, they are also making sacrifices in order to get where they, where they are, because there Mm -hmm. are sacrifices that do happen in all of our businesses. We just got to pick which ones. I, I think one of the coolest analogies I've ever heard was an analogy that all of us are juggling balls right? And all of those balls have names on them, but all of those balls are made of different material. So your family ball is made of glass. If you drop your family ball, it's going to crack or shatter, and it's harder to put back together. Your business—that's a rubber ball; it'll bounce back. You, know, you can always go and restart your business. And and I just thought that was a really neat. Your health might be, you know, a squishy ball that if it
2: you drop it, it, it's a. just going. Yeah. <laughs> Depending <laughs> so, if it's hard boil or not. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. It's going to be something that's going to fall and maybe like get misshapen, but you can get you can reshape it back into place. And right. Yeah. So yeah. it's just taking. A look at you know what are the different balls you have going in your life and and mm-hmm. how are you treating them you know you know the
2: one thing i want to bring up though is one thing i've learned as i've been doing this which is kind of eye opening is only 1.7% of female entrepreneurs ever reach a million dollars in sales and mm. only 5% of CEOs in country are women right so like what does that tell you i mean i feel like you can't just blame it on like the male-dominated culture because that's just an excuse. So, like, I'm really trying to dissect that with the CEOs yeah. I talk to because I think it goes back to this business as well. Direct sales, it all comes down to like your, you know, women empowerment and our confidence, right? And so, you know, it's believing that you have a seat at the table, believing that you have the right to be there, believing that you can be successful. And realizing that and going for it and not making excuses, because it's really easy to make excuses. I also kind of always equate it to like losing weight, right? Yeah. Like you can always make like, oh, I don't need to work out today. I don't need to start today. Oh, just or just one more piece of candy today. And then tomorrow I'll start. Or, you know, I don't really need to go for a workout today. Or You could have excuses, right? And so it's the same thing right. with that business or with like being a CEO of a startup or in corporate America. It's like, don't make excuses, Cause you can have excuses no matter what it is. Like I have mm-hmm. had like a consultant one time, every time I would call her, she would be like, oh, the kids are in school. The kids are out of school. I don't have any internet. It's, it's a holiday. Like literally every time I called her, I'm like, okay, it's either you have excuses or you don't. Like, Everyone's yeah. going through the same thing. Like, so it's either like you're, you you want to do it or you don't want to do it. But just stop making excuses and and go for it and figure out if that's what you want to do or don't. Like, but just stop making excuses. Ask for help is another big one. I feel like yeah, women try to do it all without asking for help. You can't do it all. So, so anyone who's listening that are direct sales, like that's why you have uplines. That's why you have a system. Use it. Like you should not be creating anything. If you are creating like emails or marketing material or like whatever, like you're reinventing a wheel that already exists. That's a waste of time. Like, no, like if you're not in activity of like buying, like selling mode or recruiting mode, then you're wasting your time. So I feel like asking for help, asking for mentorship, trying not to do it all. Like as women, it's like, okay, if you can spend you know fifteen dollars an hour to either get a babysitter or to have someone help you clean your house or to outsource your like laundry whatever it is like and you can make more than fifteen dollars an hour then figure that out and dissect it and like outsource so that you can like make more money and like and get rid of off your plate things that you don't like doing like if you don't like cooking then finds a solution that doesn't like you don't enjoy or that you can make more money doing something else so i feel like we as women have to kind of dissect that and like so i'm working on a book that's going to launch in august about this topic and like oh, how good. we as women can like what are we doing wrong that we're not reaching those and we can't keep making excuses and like really try to figure out what that is and i also think women don't think big enough you know, oh, I don't yes. think they don't like think like they can do it or like they, if it's that business, like go for your, the top title managing director and go as quick as you can. Or if you're launching a business, don't think about selling your candles out of your house at the like local, like, you know, farmer's market. Yes. Do that to like make the product like, and know that it's works and people want to buy it. But after that, think big, go raise money, go big or go home, you know, and stop thinking small. And stop, like you said, like empowering your kids over Mm -hmm. yourself. Because I feel like a lot of times we make excuses and enable our children, you know, like let them make their own lunches, save yourself 45 minutes to go work on your own business. Like stop being there on a platter for your kids to kind of like take advantage of you. Like, no, like know that you have, you're entitled to your own time. Things that your kids can do, laundry, make their own lunches, help you with dinner, like whatever it is, like- Farm it out. Like, why are you doing it? Like you focus on something for yourself.
1: Oh my gosh. Amen. Okay. Everybody skip back, rewind, re-listen to
2: the last about two minutes 15 times. <laughs> it's true though. Like we have to stop making excuses and and make like put us in our space and and yeah. figure out what it is that we want. And I, you know, and it's not. It's not to feel guilty or like, you know, like you, you need to do something for yourself. Like I do, I honestly believe that. And especially going through COVID, like what family doesn't need an extra set of income? You know what I mean? Right. Even if you don't need the money, like, and you're like, you're, you know, your spouse is can provide like who doesn't want that extra vacation or your extra spending money on yourself or just feeling good that you know you can take care of yourself if something happens to your you know your spouse or whatever
1: or use that extra income to give to your charity of choice Mm -hmm. I mean whatever that is because we all have that 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 nonprofit that like tugs at our heartstrings that we wish we could give more to. So if you're somebody who's been thinking yourself, well, I'm already making the money I want to make with my business. So why are you stopping there?
2: Right. go make I'm more glad money. you brought that up. Donate it. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I do with the income, my personal income from beauty counter. I started an organization called the happy birthday foundation, which is a happy birthday.org. And so I give my proceeds to orphanages and group homes to give them birthdays. So I send them a birthday box and each month the, the home tells me like what, how many birthdays they need. And then I send them a box and it has a birthday that arrives on their birthday birthday because a lot of these group homes either don't celebrate birthdays at all so these kids get no birthdays or they just do one birthday for the entire month for everybody's birthday they never ever get Aww. individual birthdays so that's what I do with my proceeds from beauty counter
1: oh that is amazing oh my gosh so guys if you don't already have <laughs> yeah if Go you don't already have a non-profit. There you go. Go check out a happybirthday.org. I think that's amazing. I think that's so sweet because interestingly enough, last year around this time, I had the realization that, oh my gosh, because of this pandemic, people aren't hearing other people saying happy birthday to mm-hmm. them on their birthday. Like they might be living with their spouse or their family or whatever, but they're probably not necessarily singing happy birthday to somebody. So My little time of joy every day or every other day is getting on Facebook, going to that list of everybody's birthdays and just, you know, clicking on the little voice message thing to everybody, whether I know them or not, and just singing happy birthday. It takes between 10 and 12 seconds for each song. Boom, done. And it just bright, it brightens up my day to do it. Cause then I'm just sitting there singing happy birthday over
2: and over yeah. and over yeah, again. No, it's good. <laughs> I text everybody, but I don't When I get that email list every morning, but I don't, I should do that. I don't do a voice text. I should do that. Oh, it's so fun. It really is
1: a blast because then people, cause here's the thing I tell everybody, nobody sounds good singing happy birthday. Nobody, it's the worst mm-hmm. song for singing ever, okay? So it doesn't matter if you have a good voice or not, you're just singing happy birthday. No one's expecting more than that, right? right? Yeah, it's so, true. If they see a message and plus it makes you stand out because everybody else is writing happy birthday on their wall and Facebook cares about it so much that they compile it into this nice little digest. That's about yay big on your phone. You know, it's a couple inches tall and it says here, if you want to go see all 736 birthday wishes, right. Whereas if you send them a message
2: with your voice, they get it. They yep, get it. It's true. It's you true. stand out from everybody else. And so, and, you know, as a side note, that's what I always tell everybody, like to people on my team is like, if you haven't reached out to people, like it takes a long time to, you don't want to just reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in 20 years and be like, Hey, do you want to buy my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you start that relationship. And like, that's a great way of starting that relationship is reach out to people on their birthday. Mm-hmm. So that way, when you do finally reach out to them to talk to them about your business opportunity or your product or whatever, they're not like, wait, I haven't talked to you They're Like, oh, I hear from you every year on your birthday. Like they're more amenable to like talking to you or listening to you or starting that conversation because you remember their birthday versus just coming out of the blue.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's an easy way to start a conversation because almost everybody responds to it in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the people who don't respond, it's because they haven't listened to it. They yeah. may not have gotten a voice message ever before. And so they don't even know what this thing is that just showed up in their messenger. They're probably looking at it going, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> right?
2: They don't know. But, but everyone wants to like, you know, have yeah. their, someone and, listen to to wish and, them a happy birthday.
1: And everybody who does respond, they respond back by saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're the only person who's saying to me that really brightened my day. It made me smile. Thank you, and then you get to start the conversation, mm-hmm. and you can continue the conversation. And one of the things that I like sharing with people is that if you want to continue a conversation with somebody, always finish your message with a question.
2: Yep, exactly. Then you can say, you- "Hey, where are you living now? What are you up to?" Da Like, and then you, you can right exactly. Exactly. So just keep it going.
1: Be interested, be curious about this other person and ask a question about them because then they're going to want to answer it. And then they're generally going to ask a question of you. And then you guys makes the conversation easier. So if you're someone who's like, well, my conversations never go anywhere. Well, that's probably because you're not asking them any questions about them.
2: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I can tell the people who know how to have a conversation and the people who don't, because the people who have a conversation never, they understand that you've got to be interested, not interesting. Those are two very different things. So, well, Mimi, this has been so much fun and so awesome. I thank you so much for sharing your expertise with my audience. I'm curious. So now I got to go look at my my podcast form here. Do you have a giveaway for my listeners? Oh, it looks like you do. The top
2: 10 tips for every entrepreneur. I do. I do. Yeah. So if you go to the badassceo.com, it's in there.
1: Awesome. So guys, badass crew, you guys know how this goes. BDSM crew, as long as you're not driving, click on the episode on your phone here, scroll up just a little bit. You'll see the link for the top 10 tips for every entrepreneur. Guys, that means all entrepreneurs, including you in the direct sales world. These tips will work for you because business is business is business. I don't care what business model you have. It's all the same. And so tips that will work in one business will work in another. You just got to figure out how to tweak it to work for you. So thank you, Mimi, for sharing that with my audience. I so appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And guys, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because another badass episode is on its way.
0: Thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales, Dom Jenny Bellinger.